You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, do you know any high priests? Ooh, you mean those people who hold all the high spiritual secrets and don't let you into them and they gotta represent you? Mm, no, not that kind. Oh, what kind are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, today in Hebrews we'll find out that Jesus is our high priest today on, on More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Good morning and welcome. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And we're sitting here at our dining room table ready to dig back into the Word of God mm. where we're in the end of Hebrews 4 and beginning chapter 5. And oh my gosh, this is a favorite portion of Scripture. Yeah, it's a big deal. So welcome. We're glad you're with us. And uh, if you are if you don't have your Bible open yet, we hope you will in a second because you're going to need it. You'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got, uh, we got into the first part of Hebrews 4 and... Uh, uh, there's a, an unfortunate kind of chapter break coming up here. But last time, what he finished with is uh, the goal, the, in a sense. I mean, God's plan for mankind, to benefit from God's life, promise of life. Capital P, promise. God has a promise to mankind, and he uses the capital R word, rest. Rest, to enter into his right. rest. And into an active, dependent relationship on what God gives. To rest the same way God rests. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. We and didn't in, even talk about And it that. says entering God's rest. It doesn't mean the rest that God designed for us, but the rest that God himself The rest which God inhabits we actually and welcomes get to, us into. We get to join him in that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's huh. what he talked about last time. That's the goal. That's what God's plan for mankind is. That's the good news. And, and not, how do you get in? And not just for the Israelites back when they were coming in the promised land, but for all mankind, even to this very second, to this very second. Okay. And you get into the rest. By believing God. By believing his promise. Believing that what it's he says is true. that simple. Mm-hmm. But there there are some problems. And he brought that. That's what he really highlighted. The problem is our own hearts. We, it, incredibly, we will not believe his promise. We will not believe such extraordinarily good news. And the Israelites didn't either. I mean, they mm-hmm. saw the Red Sea parted, but they didn't walk into the promised land because they didn't believe God could really do right. it. They refused to be persuaded. Show me a miracle. Right. Open the sea again. And to this very day, this promise lingers over all mankind as well. God makes to mankind to offer to give them abundant life. Our own heart's the problem. And in that problem, he starts now, as we get it halfway through chapter four, to talk about the solution to that problem. Our own hearts. The solution to that problem isn't us trying harder. The solution to that problem is Jesus himself. And so we start a longer discussion about who Jesus is and how, as our priest, he makes it possible for us to enter this wonderful promise of rest and life from God. So we pick it up in Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 14. 
You want to take us there and let's sure. see what he says as he brings Jesus into the picture. Well, and he had already opened this idea of Jesus as high priest back in the beginning of chapter three. So he's kind of circling oh, that's right. back to that now. He says, it's consider not a new idea. Consider Jesus the apostle, the apostle and the high and priest. The high priest. Exactly. Back, back, so. back in three one. So the, if you're just joining us, this is actually not the first time he's introduced right. this idea of high priest. But after he's done all this intermediate stuff, he's coming back to it now. To, to lean into it more. So verse 14, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. In other words, he's not stuck on this side of the heavens. That's he right. came from there and went back to there. That's right. <laughs> it's not an obstacle for him. We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. How many times now has he told us to hold fast? Yeah, this is yeah. the third or fourth time. Yeah. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm, Should we stop? I think we better. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so in the Old Testament context with the Jews, why did priests even exist? Why were they needed? That's a question that maybe many of you never thought about before. Well, the writer's going to tell us in a minute. The priests offered sacrifices and prayers and gifts. They stood between, as a bridge, between God and man. Right. And men would bring their sacrifices and the priests would do the ceremony. Yeah. Or uh, would receive the prayers and then turn around and pray them to God. It was the priest who took the blood in and anointed the the mercy seat in the Holy right. of Holies. So right. the priest is the one who functions between God and man. Right. And makes the, the promises of God something that man can participate in. Man will not participate in them if he is sinful. So, so, so when you go back to the Old Testament, you look at what goes on in the temple. Everything in the temple had to do with our problem of sin. Mm, us, it all was about and sin. And our disbelief. And, and there's, there's God brought them into the promised land, and yet their hearts still stray from him and uh, still don't believe him. And so the priests are there only because of mankind's fallenness and not being able to fully participate in God's promise of life. And because of the necessity of constantly dealing with our sin. Yep, yep. And it gets in the way of, of our benefiting from God's promises. So that's why priests exist, and he's going to amplify that more. If you're a Jew and you're reading this, you understand, like, yeah, well, everybody knows that. Uh, but in the culture we live in, there's some misunderstandings about what temples are for. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to highlight that for you and tell you that's what a priest is for. He's there to he's there to be an agent on God's behalf to solve the problem of our sin, to do something about our sin. So the priests are there and but there is a there is an archpriest, there's a beginning priest, there's a first priest and that's what he says in verse 14 here. There is a literally in Greek a mega high priest who's in charge of everything and and he's not just a man he's passed through the heavens he's he seems to have an origination and a destiny and a, a facility to be both in heaven and on earth okay he's the actual son of god and he's the so son he of god he came from god yeah and representing god to us right. and because he's fully man he represents us before god right and, uh, Completely, and you know, I'll emphasize again when we say "son of" something, you always say "son of" means that they are the same kind as. Uh, so, "son of God" means someone. Geez, sounds like who's sort of God, and in, in a real <laughs> sense, he is. In the realest sense, he is. So, let's hold fast to that confession, that stated belief of who he is. 
And, and he, he emphasizes an interesting thing. Our, as he pointed out last time, the impediment to us entering God's promise of life and rest is our own uh, disobedient hearts. Uh, and so you wonder whether or not God really does understand the depth of the problem that we have with our own hearts being you know, disobedient and unbelieving and stuff like that. Can he really sympathize with the problems that we have as man if he's divine, you know? And if you go back to the ancient idea of the gods in Greek and Roman and stuff like that, the gods couldn't really understand because they never were men. But here he's saying, no, wait, 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 wait. God himself came and became man. And so he can actually understand what you go through. He can actually represent you accurately and empathetically because he's been there. Indeed, that's the whole point yeah. of him becoming one of us. And Philippians 2 kind of unpacks that a little bit when it says he was not, he didn't just appear to be a man. He really was, he really was a, man a man in yeah. very physical reality. Right. And this qualifies him in our hearts, in our belief to say, yes, he can knowledgeably and accurately fully represent my weaknesses because he understands. Because he's, he's been weak. Shoes. Right. Yeah. And so because of that confidence we have, because he understands us and he's fully man, that's where he jumps into 16 and says, so there you go. So there's your confidence. So we can then be confident and draw near to the throne of grace, which, you know, if you draw near to the throne of grace, which is where judgment and righteousness standards are, your toast. Yeah, you don't just walk up to a throne. No, because that's where the king. You just don't sits. do that. Yeah, you right? just don't do that. But we can hear because we can have confidence because we have someone who has acted like a high priest to mediate between us and the righteous king, and so we can go with confidence to him, to his throne. And guess what? You can receive mercy and grace in your time of need. Wow, that's oh, an extraordinary let's talk access. About mercy and grace for a minute, because yeah. we kind of we lump those two words together, but they're they're slightly Quite different. Dis- they're distinct. Mercy has to do with the relief of the suffering of sin. Yeah, yeah. And grace has to do with receiving something we cannot earn and do not deserve, and there's no way we can merit it. Right. God is concerned with relieving the suffering that we are under because of sin, and we don't deserve it. We can't merit his help. Yes. Yeah, but so- he's there as our king ready to bestow those things. So in a sense, mercy deals with what we deserve and grace mm. deals with what we don't deserve. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so you can actually go to the king of righteousness who judges. And we can come with confidence. And we can come with confidence. And draw near. Now Hebrews right. is going to use this term draw near several times mm-hmm. over the course of the book. We are invited God invites us to come near because yeah. of what his son has done as our high priest. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a great picture. I wrote a song on verse 16. I remember. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, you know, you just take this as a, as a personal invitation. So come with confidence, draw near to God because he's inviting you because of the person of Jesus to come near and receive from him mercy in your suffering yeah, and grace. It's such a great um, recourse in the midst of problems in this real mm. life right now to, to know that, you know, you think about, can I come to God? Will he really respect my requests? Am I am I worthy enough to come into presence? Ask? I mean, here I am, this little pipsqueak creation, sinful person, will he listen to me? Well, you know, because of Jesus, yes, we have access yes. to the throne of grace. It's, it's an extraordinary thing. In fact, before we get to the big promise of rest at the end of all things, this in a way is a little picture of rest right now. Right now. Right mm-hmm. now in the midst of all this, God brings us rest. 
And Jesus accomplishes this. So this is his this is his starting discussion in many chapters talking about the high priest and what an extraordinary result it is, he says up front. And how can this work? He'll explain it in a second. But can you believe this? Because of what Jesus does as our high priest, we have access to God in a personal, intimate, drawn near kind of way. That's, That's astonishing. astonishing thing it's that really we something. Have access yeah. to God. The door is open. The way is open. Yeah. To go straight to God in our time of need, which when are we ever not in need? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. So this is a very practical right in here, right now, gritty, you know, rubber meets the road kind of definition of what it means to enter God's rest, mm. to be in God's presence. And this is this is the big benefit. And now he's going to explain how Jesus makes that happen. He, this is the connection he makes. Again, this is the benefit for the right now. But how does that work? How does a high priest Jesus is our high priest make that happen. So as we jump into chapter five, he's going to rev up the discussion on the high priest and just just okay. the nuts and bolts of how this works. So he says, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God there you go. to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin, right? That's his job. That's the job. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. Yeah. So so right here, he recaps for what a Jew would know about right. how the priest and especially the high priest works, what the beneficiary is, the sinners <laughs> to whom the promise is made, but they're still sinners, you know, on behalf of men in relation to God. He doesn't say in relation to God's promise of the promised land, but in relation to God. Um, and, and because... The high priest during, you know, the ancient times, he was a man just like us. Well, he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward because he himself has got the same problems. He's been there. He's been in our shoes. He understands that. You go, yeah, okay, that's a good thing, too. He understands my problems. Well, that's the way God designed the system to work, but that's not always the way it did work. No, it didn't. And by the time Jesus came, it was pretty broken. Very broken, because we know that the high priest and the the priesthood that served with him in the day of Jesus was so prideful, they regarded themselves as more righteous and better than, and able to make God's decisions for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so far above and separated from the people, rather than saying, I I can, you know, sympathize with your problems. They, They weren't like that. And in fact, they were very ambitious too. Right. And so that's why he brings up this last part about the fact, look, you know, they, they try to appoint themselves, but God's the one who appoints right. the high priest for you. You know, he's the one, it's not an honor for himself. God calls him just like God did for Aaron. Aaron was kind of a somewhat unwilling participant in being, <laughs> being a priest, but God called him and that's what he did. And he did, he, he, Aaron complied and said, I'll be a priest, not for my benefit, right. but for the benefit of the people. And we know you, Aaron was not a perfect priest. No, far from it. <laughs> far from it. So so that right there, when we finish on verse 4, that's his recap that every Jew should know about how the priest works. So, you know, remember he tickled us before in the end of chapter 4 about Jesus being our high priest. Okay, we just reviewed what high priests in the nation of Israel are. Are there parallels? Yes, there are. And so he goes on about the parallel between the high priest, well known to a Jewish ear, and Jesus. So in verse five, also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are my son. Mm. Today I have begotten you. And that's from Psalm two, which we read a couple weeks ago. Very famous messianic psalm. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
dun, dun, oh, we got to stop there for just a second because we—he's just opened a huge door here. Boy, no kidding! To this very well, we'll mysterious take him, take Old him Testament chapters figure. to That's answer right. what he just opened right here. That's I mean, right. he just dropped a bombshell right here. So here's your assignment: when you run across a name like that, and you're like, "Whoa, where Who? did he come from?" Who? Get your concordance and look up Melchizedek, and right. you will be astonished. At how little, how little there information is. we have. <laughs> you can read everything the scripture contains about Melchizedek in about five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I always liken it to the fact that it's in Genesis 14, but he, he does a cameo appearance. Right. Like, you're watching, like you're yeah. watching a two-hour movie and some guy walks on and walks off the right. scene in five minutes and that's it. That's Melchizedek. But his role in Genesis 14, what he does and who he is... Very fascinating. Oh, it takes wonderful. some time to kind of noodle over. And there's a, there's some layers of Jewish tradition that goes with Melchizedek that kind of add to that. I mean, we'll talk about that as we go on because, man, you get to chapter 7, okay, which is still a ways off of here Hebrews. for us. Of Hebrews. And he is the discussion item. Right. He right. is the discussion item. But at this point, you might go back and read the the second part of Genesis 14 where Abraham yeah. encounters yeah. Melchizedek read what happened there and then just observe just observe what Melchizedek did yeah. and what Abraham did yeah yeah and I, so when we get to this opening thing where he quotes Psalm 2 big messiah psalm and Psalm 110 big messiah mm-hmm. psalm by the way Psalm 110 is the second place in the entire entire old testament where Melchizedek's mentioned. Right. The only other place is in the narrative in Genesis 14. Those right. are the two places Those are two. That's in it. the Old Testament where Melchizedek is mentioned. And here, the writer of Hebrews is going to use his name consistently for almost two to three chapters. Say what? So, yeah, it's a fascinating <laughs> thing. But the point he's making here in, in what we just read, verses five through six here in chapter five, is the fact that, uh, that Jesus is not an afterthought from right. God's perspective. Uh, he says, you're my son, which means you're like me, you're of me, you're of my kind, you're my son, and today I've begotten you. That doesn't mean birthed, although the word is used for birthing. It, it means, uh, in, in a general sense, God caused to exist. You know, he brought forth. Um, so so this is a deliberate, this is a deliberate idea on God's part. This is not an afterthought, who Jesus is. And, and also the second line that comes from Psalm 110, fascinating, again, the deliberateness of God's plan for mankind using Christ is that he's a priest forever, not just during the age of Israel, a priest forever. And because Melchizedek appears historically, and I didn't realize this for many years, long before the law was given Way and the Aaronic priesthood instituted, uh, four or five hundred years yeah he's before. a cameo appearance with abraham right and abraham is way before moses in the law so some fascinating issues with so that. there's a priesthood that pre-exists pre-exists the jewish ironic how about that and that's huh. a that's a necessary distinction but he's he's just talking about the fact here that that this jesus is indeed a priest and again we mentioned this once before for a jewish listener they'd say no i don't think so i know jesus he comes from the tribe of judah i know right. the rules according to moses so only those that come from levites right. or aaron's tribe can be you know pre that doesn't work so there's there's um problems coming up right here and he's going to say ah he's well, going to deal with those in a couple chapters he's a melchizedek priest dun 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 what right. what does that mean so anyway he'll 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 explain that more but here all you need to absorb in verses five and six is the fact that jesus role in terms of being a mediator a high priest so that the promises of god can come to mankind is not a late idea this no. is this is a forever idea that was there from the creation of the universe he's a priest forever 
before before Moses, before Abraham. Appointed by God. And appointed by God. Mm-hmm. This is God's plan, and he comes from God, and he's like God. He is, is God, in fact. So, I mean, all these ideas, he's very distinct in that way, and this is deliberate on God's part. We're not just making this up. This is a big deal. Verse 7. Yeah, come back to the text because we're almost out of time. So so after he's saying, you know, he's he's a priest forever, he is deity, he is the son of God. But verse 7, in the days of his flesh, mm-hmm. during that time when he was in a human body, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he hmm. was heard because of his reverence. Yes. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. There it is again. There it is again. Yeah. So so he's kind of giving us a thumbnail view of our high priest when well, he was in and the he's flesh telling us that he himself suffered under the, the the fear and the prospect of physical death yes and and it anguished him when yeah. did that take place in the garden in the garden in gethsemane yeah, exactly when it says he learned obedience it doesn't mean that he was fundamentally disobedient it means that he <laughs> brought into his experience as a human first-hand experience first-hand yeah. experience yeah. what it is to yield his will to his father in the midst of his own suffering in the midst of his suffering to, to persist anyway to persist anyway so if you go back and read those gethsemane accounts in luke 22 and in matthew 26 where you know we know this jesus was praying father if there's any other way let this come yeah. pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. There we see the learning of obedience. Yeah, and he even implies with the suffering part that he could have asked God to stop right. the suffering. Which, you know, that's sort of implied in the prayer in Gethsemane right. as well. But instead what he did is he persisted with God's will for our benefit. For our benefit. So mm-hmm. it was about us, not about him right. through the entire process. Yeah, so this firsthand experience, you know, I was just listening the other day to a guy in a, a state legislature there arguing about whether communism is real. And, and uh, one legislator sat down and another guy came up who, who's a Vietnamese refugee. Mm. And he says, let me tell you my firsthand experience with the terrors of communism. So in a sense, you could say they both understood communism, but the second guy had firsthand experience mm-hmm. with it. And for that, it lent a certain kind of credibility. In a way, that's what he's saying here. Jesus has walked in our shoes. It lends a credibility for us because we know that he obeyed each even in the midst of that suffering, he knows what he's talking about. He's been here. And the prospect of death. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the big deal here. And being made perfect, <laughs> he became the source of eternal salvation. I wanna I wanna just yeah. put aside Lean that. On that will you? Yeah, the perfect thing doesn't mean he was sinful and then he became right. sinless. The perfect just means that that's the designated end. That completed was the completed the process. The completed process. So in in actually walking in our shoes, it completed the process of him being a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses and someone who we can look at and say, you know, completed in our mind, he knows what he's talking about. Because Credibility. he walked so far as a human, even to the right. point of death, even death on a cross, yeah. says Philippians 2. So the, the worst, most public, most humiliating death known at that time. Right, right. So his experience of being human was utterly complete. It was perfect in yeah. that sense. Yeah. 
And, and I want to highlight one word really quick in that verse 9. He became the source of eternal mm. salvation to all who obey. And that obey is not the word doing what someone says. Right. It really just means to respond upon hearing something. And it's used really commonly if someone knocks on your door at night. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? And then do you respond? Do you respond appropriately? So this mm-hmm. is a hear plus respond kind right. of idea. Are you hearing? Are you responding? So he's the eternal salvation to all who hear and respond. See, that's a, actually a very Jewish idea. It is. When God yeah. said in the Shema, now listen, listen, listen up hear. and and hear, Israel. hear O Israel, yeah. the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. So this idea of hearing and letting it penetrate your heart and responding that's that's yeah. this and remember, idea. That was the problem with Israel going in the right. promised land. They we talked heard, about that last but week, but they didn't respond. Right. So those are, those are two separate steps. Well, they you responded. They just didn't want. respond obediently. Right. right. Yeah. So he, so Jesus, verse ten, is designated by God a high priest. Designated God's plan. God's this appointed. is God's plan. It's deliberate. It's eternal. It was put in place before anything was even ever made. This is the way it was always going to be. This is not an addition after the Old Testament. This is the way it always was supposed to be a high priest after the order of Melchizedek now if you go back and just look quickly at Genesis 14 I want you to notice the one thing about Melchizedek is that he is accessible and he comes out to meet Abraham and brings Abraham bread and wine so that encounter is predicated on not what Abraham is bringing but what the priest Melchizedek is bringing to him. And so just kind of let that percolate in your mind as we're talking about a priesthood on the order of Melchizedek. Yeah, yeah. And and also Abraham responds to Mm, him too mm -hmm. uh, in giving a tenth of his stuff. So so go back and look. It's fascinating. But you need to have all this stuff under your belt before we proceed on from here. We'll come back to it in the next couple weeks. This will not go away. This whole Melchizedek (laughs) idea is a fascinating thumbnail sketch of who Jesus is from a cameo appearance from a nobody in the Old Testament. And it's just a fascinating thing. Well, you know, again, we're out of time, but today he has just opened up a gigantic multi-chapter discussion about how Jesus as our high priest makes it possible for us to participate in the promises of God for abundant life. And now he's gonna explain that to us as the chapters unfold. So get make sure you go through Genesis 14. And we'll pick up from there next time. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. We're delighted you're with us. We hope you are as thrilled as we are with this topic. This amazing word of God. This is great stuff. (laughs) So we'll hope for you to join us next week on More More Than Than Ink. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. It's not bad. Eh. I just couldn't think of anything to say. Oh, okay, I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead.